it's a different way of traveling. It's extremely convenient. And you start realizing that the things you really love at home that provide new experiences for you, you don't need to bring any of that along because every day is a new experience. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Have you ever considered what it would be like to travel the country in an Airstream, living an RV life of joy? Today's guest is Brenda Massey. Brenda is a fellow certified KonMari consultant who has been blogging since 2010 about her family's Airstream living adventures across Illinois, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. She currently lives in southeast Wisconsin, surrounded by cornfields and soybeans, and launched her KonMari business, Zen Tidy in 2017. Welcome to Spark Joy, Brenda. Thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you, Karen, for having me on. I appreciate it. Welcome, Brenda. Whenever we have a certified consultant on Spark Joy, we like to start by walking through your tidying journey. Do you remember the first moment where you were introduced to the Kanmari method and what led you to move from Kanmari fan to consultant? Absolutely. We were living north of Nashville, Tennessee, in a home. There was a very hot real estate market going on. And my husband and I decided we wanted to sell our home. We thought we could do it pretty quickly and use some of the proceeds to go on a long adventure with our boys in our Airstream trailer. So we had um, a lot of stuff in the home. And I found the KonMari book and it helped me sort through and really decide what things that we needed to bring and what things we should store and what things we didn't need anymore. And after that big adventure, we landed in Wisconsin, built a smaller home, and I saw the KonMari consultants availability. I thought that would be pretty exciting to help other people pursue any dreams that they might have. So I jumped right on that because it was so close. (laughs) How did you prepare for something like that, such a major lifestyle change? Well, I guess I've been preparing uh, for a long time. My husband and I were married seven years before we had our two little kids, and we traveled quite a bit for his work. He, instead of wanting to take an airplane for all of his travels, decided to buy a motorhome. So we loaded into the motorhome and kind of got used to the lifestyle, the things that are annoying and the things that are awesome. And by the time we considered it when we were living in Nashville, it really wasn't something that was a big jump. We had always traveled, even since the children were very tiny, for uh, maybe six-week stints or things. Putting it all together in one go was a pretty easy leap. It sounds as though it really was kind of a smooth transition since you're already traveling so much. It might have made things even easier just to start taking all your stuff along with you. It was pretty easy. The biggest hurdle was that we were moving into a very small trailer. We chose a small trailer because we really wanted to go to a lot of national parks and state parks. And national parks and state parks have really, uh, you know, they're very old and they're not well suited to these larger vehicles that you might see these days. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to really hone down and be able to be agile. So the biggest uh, tragedies we had were 
sorting for lots of different types of weather, making sure the four of us had a pair of muck boots and a, a pair of winter boots and then a pair of sandals. So um, those things became the real necessities to get into the smallest space. So interesting. You know, I think that um, social media presents this glamorous lifestyle of traveling all over the place, you know, with all of your stuff with you. It's got to be really challenging, though. What are some of the major challenges that you faced with this lifestyle? My husband will follow people who have camper vans, and he will tell me, oh, I saw somebody posted this, you know, amazing photo where this couple is sitting in their van and they have the back doors open. And he and I laugh out loud because there's no way you could sleep like that because you'd be eaten alive by mosquitoes. <laughs> and so I said, they're pulling up, they're snapping their photo, and then they are shutting the doors immediately. <laughs> One of the troubles we had was the children didn't really have dedicated beds. And one sleeping at a dinette that was folding down into a bed every evening. And one slept on the couch, which wasn't that bad. So every evening we had to make sure the table was clear so my son can go to bed, which is good and bad because if you're tired, sometimes that gets a little crazy. I don't think the space is really a big issue. We are kind of used to living small and I did want something small to force us to be outdoors. So I guess maybe when we ran into bad weather, we were in the Everglades and there were so many mosquitoes that we could hardly get outside. We were there several days and we ended up stuck in the camper for many, many days. That maybe wasn't the best part. It sounds as though that the Conway principle of using flat surfaces for activities only really applies here. <laughs> Definitely. There were times it was challenging because my sons wanted to play with their Legos and then Lego creations are really hard for them to tear down. So um, oh. sometimes we would tuck them underneath the dinette so that we could bring them up in the morning again. And we found the little tiny places to keep some really special things, but it really makes you think long and hard about what is the most joyful item that you need to keep out instead of, um, you know, cr there's no spaces to put anything that isn't amazing and necessary. Right. <laughs> I imagine privacy might be a challenge as well. How did your family adapt to living in such a small space? Sure. That's funny. Uh, so we homeschool and I feel like we've always been in everybody's face since the beginning. <laughs> so um, <laughs> there was, you know, the kids were always in our bedroom with us and we had a small bed in the bedroom and we're always sort of together anyways. Maybe that's just something we're used to. So that was okay. And then I suppose if anybody gets like they need to get out, then there's always outdoors. Very cool. And I've also heard with RV living that cleaning can be a little challenging because the dirt from the outside, you know, is really being spread on such a limited area that it builds up very fast and you have to clean like two or three times a day. Did you find that to be the case? It's funny that some RVs have like white carpet. It's just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Clearly, these are people who are going to muddy or sandy places. Uh, we had a carpet that was old in the camper and we knew we would replace afterwards. We didn't experience too much trouble with that. And the boys are pretty good about keeping the shoes at the door. We had a little bucket for shoes. But the awesome part about cleaning an RV is... It would take less than an hour to clean from top to bottom because it's so tiny. 
So I think the biggest trouble I had was um, with little items that the boys wanted to keep. Maybe they were starting a collection of rocks or maybe a little collection of acorns that they were finding. And there's not a lot of empty space inside anyway, so we would try to allocate new areas for that. But as far as dirt cleaning, I think that if you keep up on it, it's okay. Uh, we did have a, a vacuum, and actually the camper is so small that it's so easy to clean really rapidly before you move on. And then, of course, the other issue is electricity. I mean, you're not going to be vacuuming if you don't have a hookup. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. And how does that work? Are you connected to local utility in some way? Sure. So every time you stop and camp for the night, you would plug into a box, get your electricity for the evening, I would usually vacuum and clean up right when we got there, just so I knew it was done before we headed out. And some nights you're not going to hook up to any electricity, so you're just going to have to tidy the best you can and vacuum the next day. Cool. And I have to ask about cooking and then the facilities, bathroom and such. Uh, How does that work? I wonder if I'm specially made for it or not, but I think it's fantastic to have one shower for everyone because I only had to clean one shower. (laughs) We only could have two pans for cooking, so we only had to clean two pans. Uh, that, That I thrive on, but maybe not everybody so much. And for someone who's looking to simplify and shrink their living space into either a tiny home or an RV, do you have some practical steps that they should consider? Well, the first thing I would say is definitely think necessity before you think anything else. Um, Definitely when I was getting ready for our trip, I had a bookshelf in my hallway and I would carry items there that I was pretty certain was going to go with us. And I would continue whittling through our items, keep carrying things over that I was fairly certain would go. And then at the end, I looked at that big pile and decided which of these are the true necessities, started loading those first, and then whittling away space after that. So how has being in an RV, how did it impact you setting up your Kanmai consulting practice? Sure. So um, I know what it's like to live with less, and I like to encourage people to think about that. You know, sometimes people think that it may be too hard. But I think if you can get through a day with a little bit less, then you know you can get through a day. Why not try another? And if you can get through a week, why not try another week? And if you can get through some weeks, you can get through some months and years. So I think it's just starting with that first day and and really trying to decide if it's something that you do need long term or not. If you can get along without it for a little while, you sure can go a long while. And you're currently fixed in Wisconsin in a non-mobile living situation, correct? We are, absolutely. We live in a home that's just about 1,300 square feet. And you built that home while you were living in the Airstream. We absolutely did. We were super motivated to get it done before the wintertime. We moved in in November. And it's a two-bedroom house with a big great room. And I have a special fancy hallway that has cubbies all the way down. So all my stuff is stored in one location. We were allowed to build everything in the structure besides installing the electricity, the HVAC system, and the plumbing. Very cool. And how long did it take you? So I think it was about five or six months. It was pretty rapid. I think our full-time job and full life uh, revolved around heading to the lumber yard and uh, spending lots and lots of times at the hardware store. And my children got to a point where they were really 
really ready to not be there anymore. We sort of lived that and breathed that every moment of our lives until we moved into the house. Did you have any experience building before or is that something you just learned as you went? We had done a remodel in one home. My husband is extremely handy and we're sort of the people that feel like let's just go for this and try it and make it happen. Very cool. You guys sound like really hands-on people. This is amazing. Thinking into the future, do you anticipate that the urge and the the desire to go back out on the road again and the kind of the RV life will strike? Or what do you see yourself doing in five to 10 years? I absolutely think that we will be on the road again. We have lived on the road twice. We have camped and traveled all over the U.S. ever since we've been married. It's just part of who we are. We enjoy it. I think the only issue is limited funds. So as long as we can try and figure out how to go somewhere, we're pretty pretty excited to go try. Well, it sounds like it's really in your blood. I can really imagine it. I, I think that for myself, I would love to see a lot more of the country, but I don't know that I could do it in an RV. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a hotel kind of person, but it sounds like it would be a lot of fun for at least a while. Yeah, it's absolutely fun. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm a little bit of a homebody. So I would feel a little claustrophobic, I think, in a small space, but I'd love to try it. I wonder if there's any resources out there where people could test out RV living temporarily. You know, it's funny. I think KOA campgrounds actually rent out Airstream spots. I know the Nashville one had Airstreams for a while where you could stay for a short time. And you can definitely rent RVs and go on tours for, you know, whatever duration of time. It's something to try. It just It's a different way of traveling. It's extremely convenient. And you start realizing that the things you really love at home that provide new experiences for you, you don't need to bring any of that along because every day is a new experience. So what I mean by that is books and board games and hobbies all kind of fade to the back when you're on the road because you have new vistas every day and you're walking in new places, even new grocery stores. It's just constantly new. Were the things that you missed a lot by not having, you know, kind of a a more traditional home? The one thing that I missed was my sewing machine. That's the one thing I couldn't bring along that I really wished I could have. I did transfer to knitting for a while before, so it was pretty good. Uh, to just do some knitting while we were camping. And I do a lot of reading, but I kept the books pretty slim because we didn't have a ton of room. But I remember hugging my sewing machine when I unpacked it in the house. And the other (laughs) thing I absolutely jumped for joy about was having a washing machine, my very own washing machine again, (laughs) because we were in so many places where I would sit and pay umpteen dollars to wash our clothes. It was so frustrating, but it's part of the adventure. Adventure, it definitely is. Well, Brenda, we can't let you go without asking you your favorite tidying tip, of course, being a fellow consultant. So my favorite tidying tip is get a library card. Libraries are full of books. The library system in Wisconsin is amazing. They link to over 70 libraries in my area. Any book you could possibly want, they will transfer over to your local library and you can read it and then give it back. It doesn't take any space. They are awesome. And I just, I think it's amazing. Instead of having a whole bookshelf of books, I can just keep transferring over and over. And I have 
space for one book <laughs> or usually 30, <laughs> I think I get at a time. <laughs> yeah, I have my library essentially stored above my cabinets and my kitchen, you know, in that weird space that's like always about a foot or two above your cabinet. I don't put any like fake plants or things up there. I just put my books. It's worked out pretty well. They're stored in my kitchen, tucked away. I don't live in an RV, but I definitely live in a small <laughs> space. So sure, you sure. have to get creative, right? You and do I've, have to I'm, get creative. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I love my library as well. We've got some great libraries here in Chicago. I've enjoyed exploring many. Then you save a lot of money that way, just renting books instead of owning them. Absolutely. And movies and music, there's so much available there. And even with homeschooling my children, we have new topics we're speaking about every week. And there's just so many great books people are constantly churning out. We always appreciate going to the library and that they store it all for me. <laughs> we ask all of our guests at this very moment, what is sparking the most joy for you? You know, we talked about things I missed when I was on the road, and I have to add now, because this is sparking the most joy for me now, growing my own garden. So right now I'm growing potatoes for the first time. The Wisconsin soil is amazing and has been awesome here. And so my garden has been big joy, except for the weeds right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I have to say that I miss a great deal about living in the city and not even having a balcony is, especially this time of year, the garden. Um, sure. So I completely get that. And Brenda, any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? If someone was thinking about RVing, just go for it. Uh, definitely, you can learn on the road. There's going to be disasters, but that's all part of the learning process. And it doesn't mean that it's a fail. It just means next time you're going to know what to do and you can move on. There's so many wonderful national parks in our country. There's so many wonderful state parks in this country. There's so much variety. I would definitely say travel over the road if you could. Beautiful. That sounds great. It sounds like a great way of life. Um, it definitely sounds tempting. It sounds like it's a very charming thing to do. So it's really great to hear your story. Thanks so Thank much you. for joining us, Brenda. Thank you so Thank much. You. To connect with Brenda, you can visit zentidyhome.com and follow her on Instagram at zentidy. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the SparkJoy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at SparkJoyPodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with KonMari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of KonMari Media Incorporated or the KonMari Consultant Community.